Hey internet, I'm Simon Squibb, your host at the Good Luck Club. I believe luck is an ingredient that's necessary for a successful life. Whatever you're starting, building or shipping, I'm here to tell you, without luck, you're not going to make it. I've been testing my luck as an entrepreneur since I was 15 years old. I've had plenty of failures and successes. And I'm fascinated by the things I couldn't control. The moments that made my career and the ones that threatened to end it. In each episode, I'll invite a guest to share their stories about luck, the good and bad, and together we'll test my theory about luck's role. My next guest is Jonathan Zeman. Jonathan was born into an entrepreneurial family. His father was once nicknamed the Mouse Killer because he beat Disney at their own game. If his father was the Mouse Killer, Jonathan is the Mouse Whisperer. He likes to make big deals happen and has achieved amazing things since taking over the family firm. Today he is the Chief Executive Officer of the Lang Kwai Fong Group, a diversified property development company with business interests in commercial and residential property, resorts, hospitality, entertainment, film, media and technology in Asia. Being at the helm of a huge family business is both exciting and does have its challenges. He has had over 20 years experience working in Greater China and leads a creative and diverse team of over 400 professionals distributed through offices in Hong Kong, mainland China and Thailand. Jonathan, welcome. Thank you, Simon. Long time no see. Yes, long time no see. It's great to see you. How is life in Phuket? Uh, it's good. Um, uh, I've been here for a month since before Chinese New Year. It became an extended extended trip thanks to the um, coronavirus in Hong Kong. The Hong Kong government decided to uh, close schools until middle of April, actually April 20th. Wow. Um, so one, one week turned into one month, and we'll be here for a while. But Luckily, we have business here, so I've been actually very productive working on our new project down here. Well, that's a beautiful thing, I guess, about today's world. You can work anywhere, right? Well, look, I always, yeah. like, I always like to start the podcast off by asking this uh, simple question and asking my guests, what does success mean to you, Jonathan? Hmm. It's a very, very broad question, but um, you know, to me in, in life, there's different types of successes. There's personal success, family success. Business success. Business success. Um, I guess if I wanted to pull them all together, uh, to me, success is really making a difference, being able to make that difference. Um, of course, you know, in, in all those situations, you have goals, and achieving a goal is, is a type of success. But just even if you didn't actually get to that goal that, that you wanted to, um, there's other things that you may have achieved and um, differences that you would have made, and, and making a difference people's lives or in an organization. I think that's, that to me is the most important. That's interesting. I, I remember once uh, you telling me that your business's goal was to put a smile on, on people's face, uh, which, yeah. which I always loved. Sure, and making people happy, right? Make, making people happy, yeah. And then, then I, I proceeded to send you pictures of people that weren't smiling in your facilities. And how were we going to change that? And there wasn't that many. I have to say, most of the time, people were smiling. But how do you measure those goals? Do you, do you have a, a system for that? Um, no, I, I think, personally for me, every year, um, just before just before the end of the, of the year, I, come, I sit down and I come up with different goals that I'd like to achieve from a business point of view. Um, because the end of our business year is the 31st of December. And then um, we, we come up, I come up with those goals. Uh, but then I also come up with personal goals. Um, that's before Chinese New Year. Since I live in Hong Kong, we have different New Years. Um, so between uh, the end of, of uh, December 
and uh, Chinese New Year, which is normally around end of January, beginning of February, come up with some personal goals um, that I that I like to put together, and then I write them down and I, I, I put them onto the cloud so I can access them at any time just to remind myself. Um, so yeah, that that's I think part of my own way of setting those goals. Do you? I mean, it's interesting discipline to to do your goals separately like that, linked to your financial year and and, and personal new year. So, you know, 31st of December is the business goals. And then I guess sometime in in January or February when Chinese New Year hits, you write down your own personal goals. Is there a reason you wait? Um, I find it quite hard personally in December not to write both at the same time. And Um, Well, I I guess in my my mind, I kind of separate them. I, I run a family business, so it's, I don't want everything to get jumbled up together because it's already quite jumbled. Being uh, uh. working with my father, for my father, uh, holidaying with my father, um, <laughs> etc. So, yeah, I think it's a nice way to kind of break it up and then to, to work on those different things. So it's like being in school; you have different subjects, right? Maths mm. um, or English, and you kind of break it up. Well, I think you're touching on another subject there that I find fascinating, which is kind of the work-life balance. And when I, as you know, I worked very closely with my business partner, now my wife, for 12, 13 years at Fluid. And, you know, there is an element of it's a wonderful experience to be working with family, but it's also uh, tricky, right? I mean, how, how do you get that balance? Yeah, uh, that, that's actually the hardest part about uh, my job, you know, to, to get that balance. Um, there's no easy, easy <laughs> there's no easy solution, I'd say. Uh, although, you know, uh, since I'm Jewish, we on the on the weekends I take the kids to the synagogue and kind of turn off for a day, and that's my kind of day of rest. And um, uh, so that that to me is a very important kind of way to reset the week. Um, that includes reset uh, uh, business-wise and then also family-wise. So. I mean, that that's one way, and then uh, at work, there's obviously discussions that me and my father might have, and my my wife Melinda also now works with with us in some of the businesses. She's uh, heading up all the creative direction of LKF TV and, and some of our marketing initiatives. Um, so you know, at the dinner table, when we start talking business to each other, I try and change the subject or move <laughs> on to something else, <laughs> but. Yeah, that, that's actually very tricky. I don't have a, a, a clear answer to tell you what what the best way to do it might be. Um, just to make sure to keep things in perspective, and to, to make sure to um, don't be don't don't come on too strong, mm. uh, too passionate about something. Mm. Uh, leave that for the office, maybe. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's. Uh... I actually got my inspiration uh, for bringing up my own son from you, from you last time we sat together in, in your lovely offices in Hong Kong and your son came into the meeting and began to tell me all about his dinosaurs and, uh, yeah. uh, and I learned quite a lot in that meeting, not from you but from him and so yeah. <laughs> it was an uh, in, interesting work-life balance moment there though. I mean, today I also tried to include my son in uh, meetings and in, in, in what I'm doing. So I was posting up something earlier about the new uh, podcast and I tried to bring him into that moment and then he smashes the keyboard and, yeah. and the thing I'm loading up crashes. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's getting that work-life balance is tricky. It's a very good, it's a very good thing to do, I think. My, my father is an entrepreneur uh, since 
you as a, as a kid um, growing up as a refugee in Canada. And um, he, you know, from a young age, when, 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 when he moved to Hong Kong, I was only two years old. So from a young age, I was already listening to him every day, every night on the phone, talking to his customers in North America and Europe. You know, and, and, and he'd have uh, clients come to Hong Kong, and then on Sundays, he'd take them out on his junk boat and uh, take them out for lunch. And, and, and then he opened his first restaurant and bar in Lanphai Fong called California, and uh, made that into a very successful nightlife spot in colonial Hong Kong. Um, so just being around my father and also my mother uh, as they were working as a kid, I just learned so much about how to be an entrepreneur, and um, uh, that that was really, I think, one of the best educations I, anyone could have is um, taking your kid from a young age and just let them let them be there, let them listen. Just because you're at the office, it doesn't mean it's an off-limits place for a, for a kid um, or anything like that. So yeah, that, that I think I'm very lucky to have had that experience. I think that's a good message for anyone listening out there that's starting a business that has a family. Um, I think you're, you and I are saying the same. You can include your family in your business, and it, it can be a wonderful thing. I know a lot of people that do try to separate it, and it's it's tricky. Yeah. It is. So you know, your your previous question about how to you know, how to how to keep it all in perspective and separate family business. It it's difficult because the way to really teach your your next generation and, and have some continuity and succession plan is to start them from an early age, but then. The way to keep the family happy is to not overwhelm them with, with all the business-related things as well. So, yeah, I think holidays are important as well. Uh, holiday gatherings with, with the family that are not business-related and then um, going on vacation together as a family. Mm. That's, that's also important. What, what, what my father did actually about 17, 18 years ago is we were on a, a family holiday to Phuket, Thailand. And um, you know, he, he likes it here because it's nice and warm, and beautiful beaches, palm trees, great food. Please, anyone in England right now is, is not enjoying this description of where you are right now, but carry on. <laughs> you can see the palm trees behind me. Um, and yeah, he loved it so much, he bought a piece of land right next to a beautiful beach with a view of the, of the Andaman Sea, and then built this very nice house um, with many rooms, enough, I think, for 16 to 20 people. And you know, every major vacation time, we'd, we'd all come down here as a family. And it's really a great way to bond together. And from there, found another piece of land nearby and built a resort and, and, and hotel, sub-sold villas, and, and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, coming down here to Phuket, coming here at Chinese New Year, it's part holiday, but also part work trip um, for the family business. And uh, it, it's, it's very nice. I don't think I'd have it any other way. It's quite a good story and analogy for that work-life balance, isn't it? And I think as entrepreneurs, it's, it's also we have a challenge where maybe we, we build a beautiful villa for our family and then we see a business opportunity <laughs> and, and, and then we build an empire, which is, uh, I mean, I was involved a little bit with your villa building project out there. It's, it's pretty impressive, pretty amazing. You were so humble about it, but, it's, you know, you've built that lifestyle that your father created for you and your family for many, many people there. Yeah, and, and putting that, I think... Living your work, to, to be a successful entrepreneur, as you know yourself from your own success, you really have to live and breathe what you do. Um, and 
you know, if you can mix that mix that together with a holiday and vacation, then even better. Mm. Actually, it leads me into uh, kind of the theme of of my podcast, which I I, I have this whole theory that. Uh, luck is such a key ingredient to being successful, and I, and I was lucky. That's why I was successful. I was I was lucky to know you. For example, you've supported all my businesses throughout my whole career, so thank you very much. Uh, but I've been lucky to know you, and I've been I've been I've had a lucky life, and I think that's made a big difference. What's your take on luck? And out of interest, can you, you know, give a bad luck story or a good luck story? Uh, sure. I mean, luck. luck it's um, it's an unscientific thing, right? <laughs> Um, like, are, are we here on this earth and are we, is everything around us just random events uh, or is there a creator that kind of creates, creates everything and has a plan for everyone and everything? Uh, but no one really knows the answer. Some people have strong convictions, but to me, I think no matter whether you think it's random or, or, or from a creator, you really make your own luck and uh, you can see any successful entrepreneur. It's a combination of, of hard work, being smart, uh, but being in the right place at the right time, and being in the right place at the right time, that's basically creating your own luck. Um, if you just were to stay home all day or just do what everyone else does, um, then things are unlikely to happen. So, you know, I think luck, luck is, it's what you, really what you do, and all the different actions that you, you take to try and make things happen. Uh, the more tries you take, then the more chance you have of, of making things uh, successful. Um, if you take, you know, there's entrepreneurs that start a business, and you know, first they start the business and things fail, um, and they get back up and they figure out another way to do it, maybe get some more money in, in, in invested, and um, you know, eventually the, the successful ones they 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 make it work, and it's really about Making that happen by themselves, rather than just relying on the right the right deal to come along or the right thing to happen to you. It's interesting. I mean, when you think about, for example, what's happening right now in in Hong Kong with the coronavirus, what how that affects that bad luck is destroying people's businesses and livelihoods, even though yeah. uh, they are working hard and they're pushing through. Maybe they've learned from their past mistakes, and this time they're getting it right. I mean, how do you insulate yourself around you know a phenomenon like that that is I would categorize as bad luck for your business? Yeah, I mean that's definitely bad luck for, for everyone's business. Um, and is it avoidable? Probably not. Um, but you know the the way to get through it, I, I had the experience of living through SARS, which was in two thousand three in Hong Kong. I was there with and, you. Uh, yeah. What a wonderful and, time. <laughs> was my first pandemic. <laughs> yeah, um, me too. But yeah, as a business, it was it was really a tough time, and socially and personally, it was like you're living in, in wartime, basically, because your whole daily life habits and lifestyle gets turned upside down. Um, as a business, as a, as a business leader, you need to really make some tough and quick decisions in order to make sure that you survive. And yeah, I think. Life in general, every day is, is a daily struggle, right? Everyone has a thousand different challenges to get through, whether it's just going to brush your teeth and, and running out of toothpaste um, or running out of toilet paper while you're at the toilet. Uh, <laughs> Never happened to me, but, just for the record. Or, yeah, or not being able to get transport to work or 
or getting to work and your boss being in a bad mood and firing you, all, all kinds of things, right? So, you know, the situation we have right now, the coronavirus, which has first hit China and then Asia, that's definitely a huge challenge for, for anyone. And um, I think, as I said, the way, the way to get through it, the way to remain successful in it is to make those quick decisions and make some tough decisions in order to survive. You know, something like a pandemic, it won't last forever. Uh, SARS lasted for a few months. I think it was about January to May, five months. Uh, so same situation here. It's this, this time it's, it's much bigger than SARS because it's more contagious and it's hit more countries more quickly. Uh, but eventually, you know, we're talking two months, three months, four months, five months, six months, eventually it will peter out, uh, or people will figure out how to deal with it. And um, you know, the businesses that will successfully survive are the ones that have, have done something about it. I think that's true. Good advice for anyone out there. But I, I remember myself during SARS, actually my business really grew during SARS because we were in the digital space, as you know, and no one was really yeah. doing digital. In 2001, 2002, people were like, yeah, we'll have a website, but it doesn't really matter. And then along came 2003 and suddenly no one was going to the shops anymore and suddenly we were having meetings with people like Park and Shop that wanted to do a digital portal to sell their products online. So our business yeah. grew during that time. Yeah, and there's, def uh, there's definitely opportunities in every um, situation like this. Um, you just have to figure out how to get them. I remember for SARS, I was, I, I was pretty scared. I'm quite a hypochondriac myself. Um, or I, I should say I'm quite knowledgeable about medical science. That's a much better way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was pretty worried. And um, I was investing in buying this kind of mask and that kind of mask and ionizers to stop viruses and things like that. Um, whereas the really smart people, they were out buying property and and uh, apartments, things like that, as prices dropped. Um, so, yeah, that's it, this is a it's a global problem now. It's it's it's, it's not going to be easy, and everyone's just going to have to figure out how to get through it. Mm. So, just jumping back to maybe a good luck story, something that's happened in your life. Do you think you had a good luck moment? Is there anything that sticks out in your mind? Um, well, meeting my wife was definitely... Of course, everyone says that one. We'll edit that one out. <laughs> no, we won't. We won't. <laughs> um, good luck moment. Um, besides me, meeting my wife was very, was very good because I, it was a bit of luck, but it was also luck that I made, I made for myself. I had, it, was, it was the evening of Christmas Day being Jewish, I didn't really have anything to do. Um, so I took my friend out, uh, who was from Australia. He didn't have family in town, so I took him out for some drinks. So I went to a quiet place, and um, the lady who became my wife, she happened to be there. Um, so if I hadn't, if I hadn't uh, taken him out for drinks, then I wouldn't have had, had the, the good luck to meet her and then to uh, have our first date on New Year's Eve. And then from there, you know, uh, I think when you meet the person that you're planning to marry, uh, you learn a lot about yourself, and you also have to switch into a higher gear, especially uh, when it comes to work and making making money, uh, getting serious about life. Um, and then when you have your first child, 
um, same thing. You learn a lot about yourself, and then you also have huge responsibilities that you can't really, um, you can't really give up. Mm. So I, I think to me that that was definitely a, a good stroke of luck. And then you know, other other than that, there's all kinds of things that happen uh, work-wise, all kinds of deals that come across our, my table all the time. But it's it's mostly because we've built up a very good reputation for ourselves. Uh, so that means people with good deals, good ideas, they, they knock on our door. Um, so that I think that luck is part of our my own making and our, our family's making. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Your reputation is amazing, and I, I can see how that that type of um, I call it correct ethics and right approach in business can bring you good luck because then people want to work with you, and right? good people want to work with you. It's interesting. Yeah, I yeah. actually sorry. Go ahead, John. No, go ahead. I'm just going to add that. You know, especially in somewhere like Asia um, and China, it's really difficult to find people that you really can trust. You know, there's different cultures and different communication issues um, and different levels of development for each economy. So, so building that reputation as, as an entrepreneur is, is the most valuable thing you can do. I think. In addition to, you can do an MBA and, and get some technical skills and things like that, but reputation far exceeds I think any of those things, and that's something that money can't buy, yeah. and also something that you can very easily ruin just by, you know, acting unethically or, or, or wrong in some different situations. So, totally. um, yeah, building that reputation will bring you a lot, a lot, a lot of benefit. It's the biggest asset you can have. Anyone listening out there, I mean, what you're saying here resonates with me so much. It's the most important thing. So many people focus on the wrong thing, like making money, but reputation is the only thing you take with you when you go as well, really. So, Yeah, for sure. It's interesting, I, 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 without harping back on the luck thing, but um, I know where you met your uh, now wife. It was in Edge Nightclub. And interestingly, uh, interestingly enough, that December when uh, you came into Edge Nightclub. This is how other people's luck can influence someone else's luck. Uh, I know Edge Nightclub, I, I just started working with them at that time and they had a cash flow problem and they had a marketing problem. So I actually helped them, um, Lewis, uh, who was running at the time, I helped them so they could get through the December period, earn the money that December would bring them and, and carry on to grow as a business. So I, I, I'm going to take full credit for you meeting your wife because I think uh, it's not Lewis who started the business. No, 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 it was all me. Uh, I, think, I think it's, um, you know, there's, but it's interesting how other people's luck. So I was lucky to win Lewis as a client, joking aside. And I was lucky enough to be able to help that business and be a part of what made it survive uh, during that period. And then my luck uh, ended up influencing your luck because then it was still there in business when you turned up. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting how it all has a knock-on effect. Yeah, it's all, it's all, it's definitely all interrelated, and um, that's why I think you know success to me, as I said at the beginning, is making a difference and really help helping people, giving totally. people a leg up, um, helping each other to to become successful in, in what you're trying to do. That that's very important, and that kind of paying it forward ends up with bringing you much more back. So what was your big break in business? Do you feel that you had a big break? Um, my big break, well, I, I graduated from uh, UCLA in 1998, came back to Hong Kong, and it was the Asian economic crisis, um, not the global financial crisis I'm 
I'm not that young, unfortunately, but um, the previous one. So uh, there weren't many jobs available on the market. So I went straight into the family business. Said, my father said, I'll just try it out. If you don't like it, come talk to me. After three weeks of, of working uh, 80 hours a week, I, I came to talk to him. Realized <laughs> there's no way out. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think the big break was, of course, I was very extremely lucky, I'd say, to uh, have a family business that I actually was interested to go into, uh, food and beverage, entertainment, um, real estate uh, development. That That's everything that, that really resonates with me. Um, so that was a big break for me, for sure. Uh, so from there, I then worked through the different departments and things like that. And then it was really about the, the strategy that I, I chose to take with the business. And um, yeah, I think one of my biggest, say, achievements um, in my business career was successfully redeveloping uh, California Tower, which is one of our our major assets in, in Lake Place, Hong Kong. Originally, it was two smaller buildings, California Tower and California Entertainment Building, where you remember the Jazz Club was, and the uh, Indochine mm-hmm. Restaurant, yep. Lemongrass, California, all those places um, that people in the 90s and early 2000s in Hong Kong really would remember. Uh, so, you know, there was a lot of emotion attached to it from my, my father because uh, assets that he bought and of repositioned early on in his career. Um, so convincing him that it's a good idea to, to redevelop and then you know, that there would be a you know, short-term cash flow would be not as exciting as, as, as usual. Um, and then making sure that we would come up with the right product and the right, you know, the right architectural design and, and everything. I think that, that to me was definitely one of the biggest achievements. Then it, it turned a you know, three hundred million dollar Hong Kong dollar three hundred million Hong Kong dollar building into like a five billion Hong Kong dollar building um, by adding more BFA, more floor area, higher ceilings, better floor plates, etc. It's a it's a beautiful building, and I had an office space in there myself and was very very proud of it. And you must, when you stand in front of it, also be proud of it. A, f- a physical creation like that to me is. I mean, the podcast for me is also an attempt to create a physical creation, but it's um, it's not yeah. forty stories high, so it's pretty pretty right. impressive. How how many stories is it actually going to be? I forgot. I say digital creations can become much bigger than uh, physical. As we said uh, off camera, um, you know, it's not all about size. So, well, look, I know um, I could talk to you forever, and I, I, I my my camera crew have just told me we've got five minutes so um, I just want to uh, dive into a few things that I think um, our listeners might find useful one of the things I've taken from listening to your your story it's dawned on me that you are in reality um, in a co-founder relationship with your father I mean the way you described earlier um, suggesting to him to do one thing and you kind of thrashing it out together I think a lot of people listening out there have a a, an interesting co-founder dynamic are there any tips you can give or any insights from perhaps working with your father as a co-founder in what you're doing together, negotiating, agreeing? I mean, of course, you're very different people. Um, you might carry the same surname, but you're actually very different people. How do you manage all of that? Well, I think what's important with partners, you know, it's like being in a marriage or, or like being in a family. Um, you, know, you definitely have to have that respect for each other. And there, there will be 
heated debates, there will be heated arguments, there will be situations where you don't agree at all, but you have to have that mutual respect and you have to make sure that you always come back to the table. Um, that, that I think is an essential part of, of, of being a co-founder or a partner. Um, you know, everyone is a different person, everyone has different ideas, different strategies, different wants, desires, different, um, um, different flaws as well. We all have those. And so that respect and making sure that you, you remember that is, is important. Um, you know, you're both in the same boat and you're both rowing with one or each. Um, you both have to have your, also in good partnerships, it's good if each one has their own skill, skill set, right? unique skill set. So for example, my father's a great salesman. That's, his, that's definitely his, his skill. He's a very good big picture thinker, a uh, very good negotiator. Uh, for myself, I'm uh, very focused on the systems and making things systematic, and the communications and building the team. And, and keeping the teams working well together, um, and then looking for new business development ideas. Uh, so, so for us, that yeah, that is our dynamic. I think maybe ten years into my career with the family business, he, he sat me down and said, "You know, I, I view you as a partner, not as you know, not as an employee." Um, so that's important. It's important to also communicate to each other that you. Treat each other as partners, including with your wife. I don't need to tell you how to. How, oh, I'm how no to expert. Your wife, but, uh, you're very good at it. But no, it's important to communicate, and even if you think that it's um, that, that it's known, better to say it than to not say it. Totally, yeah. Well, look, I'll, I'll close off the podcast, and we can jump over to an extra time Q and A session for people that are interested on YouTube. But I wanted to ask you one last question that I always ask the guests at the end. If you went back to your younger self and, and gave some advice, what would it be, Jonathan? Uh, um, well, with the benefit of hindsight, I would say to my younger self, um, you know, do, do as much as you can while you're young. Right? Get as much experience, do as many of the things that you want, want to do while you're young. Um, because you know, as you get older, it's a big cliche, but it's true. As you get older, you, you have more responsibilities, you have less appetite for risk, um, less time on your hands. So it's important as you know, a, a 20 to 30-year-old to get all that all that stuff done that you need to do. I'm not talking about partying in Ibiza or things like that. That's, that's another story. But you know, business-wise, for sure. That's fascinating. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on today and joining us from Phuket. I love your story. I've always respected you, appreciated working with you. I'm just going to sum up a few things that I've taken from your message today for our listeners. One is we're all rowing with one or each. So um, especially in co-founder relationships, it's good to carefully coordinate and talk. Otherwise, you're going to go around in circles um, and probably not go forward. Um, I think you're very good at the PR front when you say your lucky break was to meet your wife, but I've met her so I can see why you say that and totally love that advice. I actually tell people all the time that meeting your partner in life is the single most important deal you'll ever make and is the foundation for every single thing after that. And so um, getting that right, which you have done, um, I think is good advice to people out there. Um, and I, I agree as well, going back to, and, and giving your younger self the advice to work a bit harder, it sounds a bit 
um, older person talking to younger person saying work hard. But I think there's something in it. Definitely when you have children, I mean, um, it's, it's, it changes everything. Your priorities change. You want to spend time with them. Even for myself, I struggle. I've mentioned it a few times. I struggle, you know, working now because I want to spend time with my son, although I love working as I know you do. It's tough, right? So do it when you're young. Do as much as you can when you're young before all these pressures of life uh, get, get heavier. So good, good advice all around. Thank you so much, Jonathan. I really appreciate your time today. We'll jump over now to extra time on YouTube. And uh, thank you again. Sounds good. Thank you. Pleasure.